And now, the internet's favorite podcast, podcast rated with your hosts, Brad and Caleb. Apparently they're playing here on Tuesday, July 19th at the Ascend Amphitheater. Which, with Modest Mouse. That's right. I saw you mentioned something, but now you, are you not a Modest Mouse fan? <laughs> I'm definitely not a Modest Mouse fan. Really? You can't just jam out to Float On? or What's the album that came out before that, that Ryan Lundin loved? The Moon in Antarctica? It's actually what, pretty good. I don't, uh, can't get past the uh, vocalist. Okay. The at all. Weird, not necessarily in pitch screaminess of it. The, like, <laughs> shouting. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. I just can't. I just can't. You're talking about David Bowie, Bowie online on Twitter and just being like, you respect him, but you just didn't like his voice? Yeah. I can get that, yeah. just couldn't get past the uh, the way he's saying, I guess, most of the time. But like I, like I also tweeted on the day that he died, it was uh, my favorite David Bowie songs are the ones that didn't know were by David Bowie. Exactly. <laughs> I know what you mean by that. And just for me, he, had, he did... He had this weird kind of bravado that I could understand not liking. And then, furthermore, with David Bowie, he was just a little too out. I'm not into that androgynous stuff. And he was he was all about that. Yeah, and, for sure. And I know some people are okay with it, like Rocky Horror or whatever. And, like, if you want to do that, fine, go ahead. I, it, it just makes me uncomfortable a little bit, more so mm-hmm. than other people. Yeah. And I'm not judging that way, but that's the kind of the biggest issue. I, I've never been into the, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, I, and I, just, I, I agree. I, I agree. And I feel like, you know, I'm a pretty uh, progressively minded person, I guess. But Yeah, yeah it's I weird. Was, we, get to, we get to tread lightly when we're talking about this. Because yeah. it's like, I don't have a problem with people who want to be like that. Or, hey, go. It, it's just not my bag. Right. It's just kind of like turns me a little bit internally. Yeah. And, just, and that doesn't mean I'm a jerk off. I hope. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, it sucks because you. It, it's hard to have an opinion about something that's that's generally you know wrong. I guess. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, like not accepted anymore or whatever. Um, but uh, it, it, to me, it's not even so much the the androgynous nature it was it was just I didn't like his singing voice sorry yeah, I can get that yeah and all the um, Clockwork Orange stuff and all the, yeah it's just kind of eh, not for me it feels but, weird when this happens and somebody famous dies and you see this like massive public outpouring of lament and I'm like yeah I don't know, Let's Dance was pretty good stuff for yeah. Jet City I was okay with that but like the that, rest of it not really that guitar riff on Rebel Rebel I mean come on that's oh, great that's great definitely yeah yeah um yeah, uh, or uh, what is space Odd- space space, Odd- space oddity? Yeah, yeah. Ground yeah. control to major Tom. Yeah, that's pretty epic. Uh, I get it. I get down with that, no problem. Uh, yeah, but I I feel like when Bob Dylan dies, I'll be like the one crying, and then there's going to be a lot of people out there who be like, "Who cares? Never like them. He can't <laughs> yeah. sing. Right. Stupid folky music. What kind of crap is he putting out? What is this crap? Yeah. Just crabble voice. It's like yeah, but um. I'm tired. I'm sorry. But, hey, <laughs> what's up? I, I, uh, uh, I don't even know where to begin. Welcome to Podcastrated, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. We're back uh, for our monthly podcast at this rate. We actually snuck one in in January. Yeah, we got right under the wire. <laughs> right under the wire, and here we are. So, uh, I'm Caleb. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, how, who, who and how are you? I'm Brad, and I'm in Nashville, and I feel pretty good. I just ate pancakes and bacon, so I feel pretty good. You ever do that? Well, it might be different with kids. You ever do this thing where you, like, just wake up at 6 a.m. on a weekend for no reason? Like, oh, I was going to sleep till 8, and it's 6, and I'm up. No, I usually wake up when the kids wake up. That's kind of what I figured, that you're used to that by now. And I am totally not used to that yet, because I don't have a kid yet. Yeah. But that's kind of changing. (laughs) <laughs> no, I believe last weekend I woke up before the kids, but it was about five minutes. I woke up in bed and I was like, huh, huh. the kids aren't awake. Because like, I grabbed my phone and looked at it for like five minutes and then I heard them. So. You started to hear a, a ruckus and a clatter and you're like, crap, well, there goes yeah. all my silence. Yeah, so I didn't actually get up with the kids. You know, I got to lay there for a couple minutes, but usually it's one of the kids waking me up 
Mm-hmm. Usually it's Evelyn, uh, and then telling me she has to go potty. I'm like, go potty. Just go. Just do it. I'm talking yeah. to you about it. I'm like, she always has to come and tell us. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's been like one time where she just went and did it on her own. But she always like, I have to go potty. Go. <laughs> just go. go. You don't need permission. <laughs> yeah. I now, I never understood the importance for parents of the ritual of Saturday morning cartoons. Because mm. the, uh, once I was five or six, I would just get up on my own and turn on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I would just sit there all morning up through Ninja Turtles and Looney Tunes and all the other ones. Uh, and all yeah. the, like, the weird educational ones at noon that started. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, Beekman and Jax or something. Did they have one for what? But there's, there's a Beekman's world. Yeah, it was Beekman's world. That's what it was. Yeah. But I never understood, like, thinking as a teenager, like, why are all these cartoons oh it's just you keep the kids keep the parents in bed yeah. all the kids can watch tv and just be because parents are worn out after a week of working or whatever oh for like sure it, it definitely helps that definitely is a good thing like the kids wake up on the weekend and they watch cartoons and while i get them breakfast and sometimes there's if they're not interested they'll go and play with toys instead but yeah uh, don't yeah. bother me about about the breakfast that they want or don't want that they just asked for. <laughs> that happened today. So I just, well, sort of. I mean, we woke up and I was like, what do you guys want? Toast? Cereal? What do you want? And Mom's like, I want something from the fridge. So he goes and opens the fridge because he can do that now this oh, week. Oh, you know, no. so open the fridge. And then so he's got to open. And he's like, I want square cheese. It's like a piece of American cheese. <laughs> you want cheese? Don't you want like toast or cereal? I want square cheese. Fine. Whatever, I really don't care. Here's a piece of cheese. So I give him a piece of cheese, and eats, I break it in half like I always do, so he has one for each hand, and he eats half of one of them. And then I'm getting cereal for Evelyn. He's like, I want cereal. I don't want the cheese anymore. I'm like, He's like, just eat the cheese. Yeah. Oh, oh fine. We wasted a piece of cheese. You told me before that pretty much if they both want something, just get one of them out, and then they'll take a bite of the one. Like, you can they can split it, and it's not wasted. Because that happens a lot where they take one bite, and they're like, I'm done. Yes. Or they just move on to the next thing. Happens with apples all the time. You want an apple, and he'll eat like three or four bites of it, and be, I'm all done. So there's a wasted apple. Yep. Happens. That happens regularly. Um, yeah, it almost never fails if I make them like a like a, a sun butter and jelly sandwich. Where if I make one for each, they'll eat half. But if I make one and split it, yeah, they'll eat the whole thing and want more. Oh, really? <laughs> so you're screwed either way. Yeah, your kids are conspiring against you. It seems like. Yeah, for so, sure. It, it, how much food can we make Daddy waste? Yeah. Although I'm assuming whatever they don't eat, you end up eating. Most of the time. Most yes, of the time. Yeah. yeah, you're a good parent that way. I think. Yeah. Yeah, you're like I'm not gonna touch these gross kid foods. Um, but uh, what if they have like a bowl of cocoa puffs? And you like this kind of stuff, and the milk is all brown and stuff, and they take I could I couldn't eat that. Not if it, no. If it was somebody else's, if it was one of theirs, I'm not gonna eat it. But okay. If, you know. Yeah, because I know the state of my cereal to milk ratio on my own bowl of cereal, but I don't know what theirs is like at this point, and I don't want to go for it. You don't think there's some sort of genetic influence where you can just guess what they want based on what you want, and they share your preference? Or is your wife way on the opposite side? As far as food choices? For, no, as far as, far as milk to cereal ratio. That's what oh, I'm getting yeah. Well, I know that me and my wife differ greatly on uh, when we pour a bowl of cereal or milk to cereal ratio because I like less milk, but Bethany likes a lot of milk in her cereal, and I like just a, like a just like a little bit, so that when I get the last bite of cereal, there's barely any milk to drink. Yeah, it's just perfect, and all of the cereal was wetted. Yes, but you don't want any more. I used to do like milk up to the rim of the bowl oh, after yeah. I poured the cereal on, and then there was like a cup of milk left in there at the end. Yeah. And I got away from that because then I felt obligated to drink it. Sometimes it doesn't taste as good. Yeah. And so now I'm just sort of like, what's the minimum I can get away with? And sometimes yeah. I'll just add yogurt into it instead of milk, too. What? Like a crazy European. Yeah, I mean, muesli. You ever had muesli? They have the cereal. It's called oh, yeah. Muslix. Yeah. But uh, it's just pretty much you take raw oatmeal and you chop, you mix it all up with like brown sugar and fruits and chopped up nuts. And then you take that and then I'll add... Well, the right way you're really supposed to do it is mix it in with yogurt, let it sit in the fridge overnight, and the yogurt will soften everything up. Yeah. But the way I do it is I add a little tiny bit of milk, put it in the microwave, soften it up, and then add yogurt on top of that. So it's kind of like creamy, smooth, yogurty oatmeal sundae. Huh. And it's weird because you don't think eating raw oatmeal would be any good, but it's pretty excellent. 
So. No, I think it would be good because you think about like like an oatmeal cookie. The uh, it's raw oatmeal and it doesn't really get cooked and it's kind of got that little bit of a chew to it. And yeah, I, I find that very satisfying. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah. So, um, so speaking of kids, I have a couple things I have to bring up. Yeah. Okay. Um, number one, um, I went to your brother's birthday party. Yeah. On uh, Friday at the Vintage on the West Side. Yeah. And you, uh, he told you what he received for a gift, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. He got a squatty potty. Yeah, the best. The best, which I recently, I've been familiar with it because you guys have one. Is that uh-huh. correct? That's and right. uh, I was recently sent a video of um, a Squatty Potty song with a bunch of unicorns pooping out ice cream cones. Have you seen this? <laughs> no, I have not. Okay, it was sent to me and it's like, it's a two or three minute video and it's a song and it's like, it's explaining how the Squatty Potty works, but it's hilarious. <laughs> and it involves like, instead of, Instead of poop, it's ice cream coming out of the unicorn's butt. And, yeah. sure. It's like colored rainbow ice cream. It's just yeah. kind of this like coprophilic, just turns your stomach. But anyway, uh, so he gets a squatty potty, and I'm looking at him like he seems really excited about this. Like he's gonna. Use, why would he get this as a gift? And then I realized I always assume that the reason you guys had a squatty potty it had something to do with like potty training, kids, like three year olds. Uh-huh. Uh having them so you don't have to wipe as much or they don't have accidents. And I didn't realize that it's actually meant for everybody. Oh, is that the case? yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. No. Yeah. It was, it was for us. It was not even for the kids at all. It's because uh, I can't even really reach it or use it the way you're supposed to. Yeah. Evelyn, it is nice that it's there because that's how she gets up and down from the potty. So it's always there. And she just knows how to step up on it and get on the potty herself. So. Yeah. Uh, without, without that, we'd have to help her every time. So that is a, a benefit of it. But, yeah, it really is for us. Yeah, I assumed it had something to do with, like, stepping up, and then the kids use it. And it's like, you know, you don't have diapers anymore, but you can use it. But now I realize it's an adult thing. Yes. And uh, what do you think? Do you like it? I love it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't like not using it. <laughs> Once I started using it and then having to go all the places without it. I just imagine you going like you're out shopping in the mall and you're at a public restroom and just gotta go and you bring uh-huh. your squatty potty with you just in case and you're like dragging it in there and you're like, Well, it's my ex pooping accessory, here it is. Now they do have a travel one. <laughs> folds up and you can take it with. Because when we were in St. Louis actually I tweeted Yeah. But worst part about a treat and worst part about traveling, no squatty potty. And I, then, I thought you were completely joking because your kids had one, but now no. I know that's not not the case at all. No, yeah, the Squatty Potty responded to me, and they were like, "Get a travel one." So well, there you that's how I know they have one. Awesome. They, <laughs> they tweeted at me because they're the brand t- tweeted at you. Brand yeah. awareness. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, the idea of like carrying one on a plane with you or something, going to the yeah. bathroom in the back. Oh yeah, oh, I need to lift my legs up here and get my colon cleansed out here. But yeah, do you find the experience to be better? To get, we should not. I'm sure people are eating breakfast listening to this. But <gasps> how has it been for you? Like, you know, would you it's, rate it? Would you give it yeah, an Amazon rating? I would. Uh, I would give it a four out of five. I think it's, it takes. There's a learning curve as far as actually using it. <laughs> you have to. You have to. You have to be able to get. Uh, how do you say this? You gotta line it up right. Once you figure that out, and you figure out the right, like you don't pull it out too far, and like how, like how to oh. get up and on the thing, because you kind of got a, there's a lot of knee bending going on. Mm-hmm. Oh. But once you figure it out, yeah, I think it's uh, a lot more efficient. Yeah, and, and bringing this up the other day, I also got um, castrated. Castigated is that the word? Not castrated. Like by. By Matt's girlfriend and my wife about how I thought women squat on public toilets. And I said, isn't that kind of the same thing? You're standing on the seat and you squat way down. You don't want to touch the seat. And apparently I got like uh, beaten over the coals or I'm mixing my metaphors here. Dragged over the coals. Dragged over the coals for bringing this up. We're like, no, you think we really do that? Are you crazy? And I guess I just don't know much about women. What they do in their (laughs) spare time. Yeah. It. I, I didn't expect to be like, yeah, dragged over the coals like that. And, and this sort of, I, I thought, I, I don't look at women in the bathroom. I don't go into the women's bathroom. When I worked at the golf course, it was super weird for me to go into the women's bathroom, even though I know there was nobody in there. It, I, I agree. We were taught not to go in there. We were taught not to go in there, so we don't know anything. And then with this baby on the way, I realized I don't know anything about women, number one, or babies, number two. <laughs> oh, no. 
<laughs> so God help me if we have a girl, because I'm gonna be screwed. <laughs> I'll tell you. Yeah, it was uh, that was a bit of a of a, of a uh, scare for me too, because I I don't know anything about girls. I didn't have any sisters. I didn't. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just a totally new world, so it was a lot of learning for me too. I get it. I got it now. Uh, yeah. I, you know, it's. Um, I was very. And eventually, I was very happy to have a little girl because uh, I couldn't imagine a baby being a boy. I don't know why, but like, it's because it was so cute and little. And oh, um, sure, yeah. You know. Uh, Boys are boys, and she was just so cute. Yeah, you always expect something that precious to be, you know, this masculine demon. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. Yeah. No, I, I think now if Evelyn was actually from the UP, what city in the UP would she be from? <laughs> we might have to figure this out. I'm I'm segueing this because I lost my train of thought and I can't remember what I was going to talk to you about. So, <laughs> so. You're going to have to give me a random number between 1 and 281 okay. in order to figure this out. What city your daughter would prefer to be from in the UP. All right, 200. 200, what do we got? Perrinville. Perrinville, this sounds like it doesn't exist. I hate yeah. to say it. Uh, let's find out really quick. Especially because it's Vel. It's actually Ville. Perrinville. And it looks like it is on kind of road 69... Between it's on that stupid road with Felch and Foster City and Arnold west of Escanaba, and I bet you it doesn't even exist anymore. We're gonna pick a different one. When we okay. Do? I don't think your daughter would want to be from Perrinville, anyways. Mm-mm. Nothing to do out there. Tip cows, maybe. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna go with uh, 96. 96, it is. Gladstone. Oh. Oh. Well, Great. Happy Gladstone. Happy Rock. Happy Rock. Yes. Gladstone, for those who don't know, is kind of between Rapid River and Escanaba mm-hmm. on the Little Baby Knock south of Marquette. That's right. Uh, I don't know if I've ever actually been in Gladstone. I'm pretty sure I've only driven through Gladstone going Iron Mountain. Does Gladstone have like some kind of weird restaurant or something that's known for? I'm not really sure. I don't remember. Gladstone, Michigan. And Gladstone always seemed like the Nagani of Escanaba. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. In the sense that it's, like, it's the bedroom community. Um, Gladstone, a population of 5,000, so maybe it is Nagani of Escanaba. Happy Rock. It's very close. That's because Nagani's about 4,500. I thought Nagani was closer to like 3,000, isn't it? Is it more? Uh, it might be now. Maybe if you count all the Illokinans on Ann Street or over in Buffalo Road, you might be bumping up closer to 4,500. (laughs) That's true. And all the Katonas up on North Road, but... Um, yeah, the Gladstone Braves, of course, of the uh, Mid-Pen Conference as well. Yeah, that's true. The Sioux Line Railroad goes through there. I, my familiarity with Gladstone is driving through it a million times on the way down here or the way back up to the UP. Yeah, exactly. You just drive through Glad- oh, we're in Gladstone. It means we're almost to where... Yeah, we're like an I'm hour... Or Escanaba. I can't remember which one it is. We're like an hour from home. Here's Gladstone. And then it's like... You can in Gladstone. You can either turn up to go to Marquette through US 41, or you can go east on US 2 to Manistique. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if there's anything interesting. Gladstone is often referred to the year-round playground, like everywhere up there. Oh yeah, Marble Arms is in Gladstone. That knife company. What? Yeah, there's a knife company in Gladstone that's really well known that has like artisanal marble-handed uh, knives. Up there, that is just some big, amazing hunting knife. That, like for when you shoot a deer and you need to gut the deer, you use a marble arms knife for it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Otherwise, uh, Ho Pet Caskets. There's a pet casket company there. <laughs> wow. Yep. Wow, with that. Yeah. I'll uh, definitely give that town a three car bonus. Three car Main Street Pizza, DNM Subs, uh, and the big beta, the beta knock lure company or fishing lures. Hmm. And, um, uh, no, the Mead New Page is in Escanaba. It's not. Oh, and Gladstone was in the movie Catfish, too. Was um, it? Yeah, so that um, you've seen this movie, correct? Oh, yeah. Uh, they go to, like, visit the sister's horse farm on their oh. way up to Ishpeming, and they it's in Gladstone. Oh, okay. It's like the rural areas outside of Gladstone. So, And uh, Bart Stupak, also from Gladstone. There you go. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Becky Iverson, too. And Kevin Tappany, also from Gladstone. There's a lot oh. of shit going on in Gladstone. We're bumping this up. We're going three and a half, probably. I'll give it three and three quarters just for Kevin Tappan and his long Cubs career. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Gladstone, not a bump in the road. 
It's not the Perrinville. So if your daughter was from Gladstone, I think you'd be okay with that. I would be. It would uh, be really weird because then, like, she'd be growing up in the UP and you wouldn't be there. But yeah. yeah. So. Well, thumbs up to the year-round playground. The year-round playground. It's like every little town in the UP has that tourist sign, like four seasons of fun. Yeah. And like the guy fishing and the guy boating, the guy skiing, everything like that. So, uh, uh, I went up to the UP last weekend. Speaking of huh. all of this, I did the No Cayman on Ski Marathon. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's one of those things that like, I always knew happened, but I never knew anybody who would do that. You know? Yeah. Like, Order Shore is the same thing. It's the bike race. I think it's on the same trail, actually. Oh, and, uh, like, Paul Wayman did it two years, two, three years ago. Oh. And remember, he was the only one in his division, so he won his division. Okay. Something like that. But, yeah, I, I have been skiing like crazy, and I said, screw it, I'm going to do it, because I have a free place to stay up there yeah. at my mom's. And so you you actually go up on um, the, the full long race starts at Alqual. And uh, the first half of the race goes from Alqual to, like, right on the Dead River Basin, kind of north of the New Bridge over 510. Yeah. And then you go from there. That's the halfway point. That's where I started. I only did the half race. And then you go from there east through Forestville all the way into uh, the Superior Dome, like, parking lot oh. is where it finishes. You come, like, right in through Tourist Park and you go over the dam. Yeah. And then you're just going to go through Marquette. And it's so weird how much more snow there is up here, up there. Yeah. And how we were used to that at that one point in time, and now it's like I'm used to. I can see patches of grass in my yard right now. Yeah, down here, and you probably and it's raining today. Uh huh. And you probably have. Do you still have any of the six inches that you got recently? We had eight inches, and absolutely oh, not. It was gone by Monday afternoon. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. It's amazing what a week difference we had last week. Last Saturday. Me and the wife and the kids got bundled up in three different layers and went outside and played in our deep-ass snow all over our yard and threw snowballs at each other. And this weekend, it's 70. Yeah. What? 70? <laughs> it is. I walked the dog first thing this morning without a jacket. Wow. Holy cow. That's... Yeah, it's in the 70s. It was yesterday, too. That's amazing. I drove past a bank yesterday, and at 51 was the temperature on the bank. Yeah. And I thought, it's January. This is insane. Yeah. yeah. At some point, like, if this keeps up, it's going to be livable in the UP again. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's uh, not going to be terrible there. Um, but, but it was a very good flash of home, that little absolutely. snowstorm we had. The most snow we've had in Nashville in 23 years or something like that. So, so have you forgotten how to drive in that snow, or are you pretty much back on the stick? You can figure absolutely, it out. Absolutely not. I got it. No problem. I realized right after I started, I was a little nervous about it. But once I got on the road, I was like, oh, nope, got it. Still got it. Never lose it. Yeah, I I admit, I mean, I drove around in Nagani and like all of, because I went to visit Andy, and yeah. all of the back roads, all the back streets in Nagani are just that normal snow covered, we're not going to plow it, you're just going to drive over it in the winter. Mm-hmm. Like always an inch of snow on the ground, and so you just get used to driving in that. And admittedly yeah. around here when we get a storm, I'm like a little bit hesitant. I'm like, do I remember? And then I get out in there and I'm like, oh yeah, this is fine. This is not yeah. a problem. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way I was too. You know? the interstate. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, like the interstates. I mean, we're just ice and slush and snow mixed, and so it was nobody really is good at driving in that. Yeah. Uh, so you just had to go slow. But I know how to go slow, and I know what these conditions will do to your vehicle if you're not careful. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I was always told pretend that there is an egg between your foot and the gas pedal and the brake pedal, and you don't want to like brake or gas too hard too quickly. Right. And that's pretty much all it takes. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah. Okay. Well, we had an ultrasound this week. Going back to the kid thing. I was gonna have you continue with the ski thing. How oh that, how shoot! That, yeah, I am everywhere today. Like, how'd that go? How'd that go? Uh, uh, I so it was like two hours and how did we get on the? Never mind. I'm so tired. Uh, we got yeah. So the race was. It took me like two hours ten minutes. It was pretty much downhill all the way, uh-huh. which is good. Yeah. Um, at one point, and the thing with cross-country skiing, there's like 100, 200 people in my division, but there's 4,000 people doing the race, something like that. Mm. The thing with cross-country skiing is if you're somebody in front of you and you're, you're trying to catch them, they will fall eventually. You always fall cross-country skiing, just going down hills and stuff like that. Oh. And so you can get around them pretty easily. And then oh. you're going to fall too and do the same thing and they're going to catch you. But it was pretty fun. It was weird to be up in the UP. Again, just because how much changes up there. 
and how I feel like it's left behind a little bit. And uh-huh. like I'm reading yeah. the I'm reading like the Market Monthly, and it's like, man, I am so used to like <laughs> this is petty, better quality advertisements. Is that where we are? <laughs> yeah. It's like the Fry Chevrolet ad, and it's like this could be better. They they could use some improvement, but this is what they're used to up here, yeah. and they're completely okay with it. Yeah. Um, they completely knocked down the movie theater over by Econo. It's gone. There's not even a building there anymore. Wow. Yep. Wonder what they're gonna put there if they're gonna put anything there. I don't know. If what did they usually put in the UP if they put something somewhere? Well, I know what they would do if it was here. That would be a check into cash. I mean. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> awfully quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, right now it's just kind of an extension of the Econo parking lot. But yeah. um, otherwise, you know, there's new breweries up there, and there's there's I we talked to somebody who's like starting the lacrosse women's lacrosse program at NMU at the oh. bar. So that's changing, but I don't know. It, it's weird when you leave somewhere like that and everything kind of goes on without you and there's nothing you can do about it. So. Well, yeah, I noticed when I would go back, it's been a while since I've been back, but every time I went, well, especially the first time, I think I mentioned this on the show before where I go back and I was like, Oh my God, I got to go back. And it was like, and I got there and I was like, looked around and said, Man, it's all pretty much the same. <laughs> And then I was pretty much okay with with being gone from there. But for a while, I was I was not okay with life going on in the UP without me. But when I went back and realized that it was all just the same, yeah, it went on without me. But I wasn't missing anything. Yeah. Then I, then I realized I was. Uh, that's when I became a little bit more less less homely. tied down. Yeah. yeah. You didn't feel like oh no, Bonanza's closing. I have to get back there just once. Or you know, you don't like you don't feel lament in that sense. I'm not saying that's legitimate. Yeah, no, not really, not really, uh, not really. I, I think at this point now, to my, if I were to go back, the life that I had when I lived there wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be the same anyway. Would get it? Yeah, it wouldn't be the same if I went back. So I'm okay with not living there. Yeah. You know? No, I went to Border Grill in Nagani, mm. and there was somebody working there who I worked with when I worked at Border Grill. <laughs> Back wow. in 2001, something like that. Yeah. And so talk about things not changing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it almost makes me feel better about myself in a way when I see something like that. I hate to say that. It's sort of well, selfish, but. Yeah. I guess, I mean, you can measure yourself against others. I really shouldn't because I, I do it way too much and it leads to ruin for me. So, <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. I, I should. Try- but uh, it's it's I think it's human nature to do a little bit of where do I stand in this world type thing. Yeah. And how do I do? Yeah. Um. So, anyways, that was the UP. Uh. And I went. Oh, the Empire Mine is closing. Do you know this? I did not know that. Yeah, wow. they said by the end of the year it is going to be completely done. Wow. Like, completely like this is it. Like, I I remember they were always talking about the Empire was one. If there was one to go, it'd be the Empire. Like, the Tilden was in better shape than the Empire. Yeah. Is it a different ore body, different type of ore, too, or something like that? I think. But I don't know that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I knew that the Tilden was, I don't know if it was newer or if it was had been more better upgrades to it or whatever, but I knew that the Empire was in a, a worse state. Like, if you work there, you want to be at the Tilden because it's yeah. not going to go away. Exactly. And, like, for the last several summers, they've been laying everyone off all summer. Yeah. And just doing maintenance and saying, like, we don't need you guys right now. Yeah, yeah. And my understanding is most of the guys in the UP were okay with that. <laughs> like, oh, you want me to be off in the summer in the UP? All right. And, you know, I'll yeah. get unemployment for three months and that'll be it. Right. So, I, don't know, I kind of have mixed feelings about the whole thing because it's been there in Palmer for, like, my whole life. Yeah. We could see the lights at night from my mom's house. Uh-huh. I'd driven past it, like, a thousand times maybe, at least. Yeah. And uh, and it's it admittedly is necessary, but it is a massive eyesore. Um, the the fact that like this town of Palmer is just covered in iron ore dust all the time, and everything looks just red and dingy as a result. Yeah. And like it, it and if you ever look at Google Maps and look at the satellite, you can see the tailings ponds for the mine. It's these like bright orange ponds. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which don't look healthy at all. But at the same time, it's like all these people we know who work there. Yeah, right? I know a lot of people that work 
That's mines. Yeah, who are going to be losing their jobs, and it's like this was their pretty much their livelihood. And what else are they going to do now up there? It's a strange thing because when I lived there, it was just sort of like, well, the mine's there, and that's just the mine, you know, and that's where people work and people make good money at the mine. But now that I like live in Nashville, and I think back, I'm like, that's <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty cool that that's there. I guess like this is it's all better. These, Economically is better than yeah. Economically is better than not having it because people have jobs. And it's sort of a link to the culture or what it used to be in the UP. You right. know what I mean? It's just a mining, mining everywhere. You know. Yeah. It's a mining town. It's a drinking town with a mining problem. Is that what they say? A drinking yeah. town with a mining problem. Hey, Nagani Miners. You know, you name your football team after it. Yeah. You can't. You, can't, you, can, you know. You can't hold a candle at Gladstone or Escanaba, especially. Come on. You can do better than Eskimos. But, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I mean, the Tilden's still there, but I'm just like, what's going to happen to all the people that are working at the Empire? They're yeah. going to string along, move to North Dakota to work in the back in oil shale. They like that, that kind of held people. Having a business like holds people there. And you're well, see, yeah, it's like the biggest industry up there. I mean, it's like yeah. there's nothing, there's nothing else that people are, you know making money doing except for working at the mine. I mean, was yeah. it like the hospital? Was yeah, the hospital and the uh, college. And But yeah. those are sort of like ancillary to having people there in the first place. Yeah. Which is what a mine would draw people in for. Right, like you have to have a hospital if there's people there. Exactly. And yeah. the school, I mean, the school just happens to be there. but Schools are there because there's people there because there's a mine there. That kind of thing. Right, yeah. So, I mean, look, think about what happened when the... Um, do you remember any of the mines closing in the 90s in the UP? Like the White Pine Mine closed. No, that was that copper mine. I think that was like mid 90s. Oh yeah, yeah. Now that you mention it, when you say copper mine, I do remember that for sure. Yeah. And if you ever go over to White Pine now, it's just empty. And there, there was actually people there, and it was sort of thriving at some point in time. But if you go over there now, it's just like destitute. Well, the whole west end of the UP is that way. But I've, I've, I'm afraid that like Palmer and Nagani will be a little bit closer to that and people are going to be moving like when KISO closed too mm-hmm. yeah. um there was a uh uh there's all these people at our church who were uh had like their dad was an airman at KISO because we went to church in Gwynn and they're like gone they get transferred we're gone in like a month and yeah. or they moved away or a couple of them like well I really like Gwynn I'm just going to retire here but for the most part it just kind of sucks the community away and so it's like a good and a bad having something there, but you don't know what you miss until it's gone, I guess. Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah, you know, I can always see, and it makes me a little sad that, I mean, the UP is just going to continue to empty out, I think. I think so, too. Yeah. And anybody that's up there is going to be a Marquette or Houghton or Escanaba or the Sioux and, like, the major cities like that, but the smaller towns are just going to continue to shrink because there's no reason to be there except for to serve each other. I, you know, just service yeah. jobs, you know? There is a, yeah, service. There is a guy who writes for the Free Press in Detroit, and he writes on, like, Michigan human interest stories. And he wrote a story on Ternary mm. a couple months ago, and it was pretty much about Ternary Toast. Ternary okay. Toast, um, they employ, like, 15 to 20 people, and that yeah. is the biggest employer in the whole town of Ternary. Yeah. And is talking about how, like, Ternary used to have a 1,000 people 30 years ago, and now it's down to, like, 200 and they just talked to a bunch of people who work there. They're like, yeah, no one is moving here. The only people who are still in Ternary are the people who were born in Ternary, and they're just here. And yeah. they aren't, they ain't leaving. You know, Marquette's too big for them. They're happy. They're comfortable with where they are. And that's the way, if, if that's what makes you happy, sure. But I don't know. A lot of people will need more money to be happy, so they move to the bigger city. But like the, all those towns in like Arnold and Felch and Ralph, those used to be, they used to be a contender, you know? Mm-hmm. There's always people out there, and then like the railroad moves away, or the trees get cut down, and that's it. And it's kind of sad in a way, a little bit. Yeah. But I don't know if anything can be helped about it. Right. It just life goes on. I mean, people adapt to what they have to adapt to, move to where they need to be. Yeah. I mean, it's you know things things don't always last forever. You know. The fu- funny thing is, a lot of people, when after they move, after they lose a job, like when they're forced to get out of their comfort zone and move, they look back on it and they're like, "Yeah, you know, actually, that was the push I needed in order to to thrive again." Yeah, 
I needed somebody to be to like kick me in the rear and say like we're not gonna pay you anymore, and then move on. <laughs> Speaking of which, a lot has happened in the past month for me. Oh yeah. Uh, my boss got fired. He oh. got walked out um, like three weeks ago. Wow. And uh, it it was brewing for a while that he didn't get along with his boss at all. Yeah. But I work in a little office with three people. Yeah. My boss being one of those. And one Monday they're just like you're done. And he'd been there for 20 years. And then the other guy in the office had already been working on and getting another job, and he put his two weeks' notice in two days later. So suddenly I'm the only one left in my department. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it has been just like crazy change since then, and I have been interviewing people to fill positions, which I had never done before, and I'm trying to learn on the fly. <laughs> yeah. Um, my wow. new, my new boss wants me to redesign the office that we're in and like with new cubicles and pick out carpeting and a wall color and paint it and stuff like that and actually make it like cozy, which I guess is nice. But it's a lot of like, I've never done any of this before. Never had to think about <coughs> how, how do I ask interview questions and look at resumes and stuff like that. So, which I guess is kind of an opportunity for me that they, unfortunately, they trust me enough to run things that they, fired the, the other guy and the other guy quit and they're like oh caleb can handle it yeah. which, which is really weird but huh. Holy. yeah that's that's, yeah, that's that's weird it's surreal because i've been working with these guys for like four years and then they're both gone just like that so yeah but damn wow yeah i i didn't expect him to get fired but once he did i got a little raise and i got i got a title change which is a super corporate way of saying thank you or oh. you, you know I was analytical chemist, now I'm analytical chemist 2, which is oh, so much better, yeah. The sequel. I guess the sequel, I got Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. <laughs> Just put that on my LinkedIn page. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been picking out carpet swatches and stuff lately, and... That seems weird because that's not your specialty. I mean, not at all. I mean, you know, when you're, you're there to do chemistry, I'm there to do chemistry. But apparently, like, if I am the only one wearing the hats, I have to wear all of them from here <laughs> on out. So it is nice to finally like feel like they gave me confidence in this way. They're like, yeah. okay, you're it. We're gonna rely on you. And it's like, oh. And then I've been having like more meetings with people. I've like in the last two weeks, I've talked to. A lot more people throughout the company just in in touching base with them, being like, yeah, I'm the new guy running the show now, blah, blah, blah. So it's nice to have that yeah. sort of like power, I guess, is the one way to put it. But I, I, it, it's the great unknown. It really is. So that, that's, that has changed things. And then all this baby stuff is changing too. Like maybe you understand this, but when you guys were having your first kid, did everybody try to dump all of their baby stuff on you? Not really, because we didn't. Uh, we didn't. We didn't really know anybody. Oh, you just kind of moved down there, and it would, yeah, we'd been here for like a couple of years, but we didn't know anybody with kids, and we don't. Uh, people, I mean, people bought us stuff, yeah, but they didn't try to dump stuff on us. Because I'm, I'm getting this like, oh, you're having a baby? Well, come over to my. I went over to my new boss's house, and he like he filled my truck up full of baby stuff, which we immediately brought back and started through, and ended up like throwing half of it away. Yeah. But, it it's sort of a um, it's people you know people are are using it not really as an excuse to be altruistic but using it as an excuse to get rid of their own stuff. That that is to get rid of their own stuff and to give it to somebody who might need it. Exactly. I mean, he's trying to be helpful, but he also doesn't he doesn't need that stuff anymore. So yeah. it's a good way to dump it to get rid of. Yeah, it's cr- there's sort of a self interest involved in that too. But there's a lot of like the plastic toy where it's like, well, this one button doesn't work anymore. That makes noise, but like, what are your, what's your opinion on what, I've seen some of the kind of toys that you have with your kids, mm. but there's a lot of like the super colorful ones that are light up and it's electric and it's the Pooh Bear and you press the different heads and they all make different noises and stuff. Are you into that kind of toy or more natural stuff? Uh, those ones are fine. We didn't like stuff that made a lot of noise because it's, it's irritating to us. Yes. Um, but they were really like they really really were into certain things like that. We had this little drum that I don't remember where that came from, but they really loved it and it would just play like the same songs and the same noises all the time. But both kids like really really enjoyed it until they broke it by stepping on it, <laughs> and it still worked. But the top was cracked, and I was afraid someone was going to cut themselves on it, so we had to get rid of it. Yeah. But 
typically I was we always liked the more classic toys, like the wood toys, the ones that were like um like there there seems to be this like focus with baby toys on texture. Like, oh there's a certain different textures with this and they can feel the texture like sensory texture stuff. Yeah, there's sensory a lot of boxes. That. How legitimate is all of that in your opinion? That it matters that they need this texture or that texture. I think they'd figure it out anyway, but it's not a bad idea to expose them to something something new. It's, it's yeah. something to talk about and to learn. We had a lot of books like that that was like, here, feel the soft turtle shell. Feel the the rough, you know, mm-hmm. the rough bristles of the porcupine and stuff like that. But, uh, and there was like the touch of those, so... Yeah, if they like it and if they get a kick out of it, I guess it's not a bad thing. I just... I got in an argument with my wife last night about... Um, what is it, craniocephalogy, the baby little baby helmets to get a soft spot on the back of your head. Mm. If you put, I don't know if you know anything about this, like they say, don't let your baby sleep on their stomach because they might get SIDS and dive, so you like sleep them on their back all the time. They're really young babies, and then as a result, sometimes they get a soft spot on the back of their head. Yeah, sometimes the... It kind of deforms a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you can get like a flat back of your head, yes. Yeah, and there's all these like different pillows, and you, you give them tummy time, and then you like put you put a he can put a helmet on their head, hmm. which apparently is supposed to help like roll help, help keep the pressure off the back of their head. Yeah, and that to me, it just seemed to me like very. There's a lot of marketing that was involved with it. It didn't really. It seemed like it, it looked like an obvious solution, but if you look at the details behind it, it isn't. And it feels like. With baby stuff, there's a lot of, oh, your baby needs this because of the sensory whatever. And I'm like, I'm not really sure mm-hmm. they do. I don't know. Well, you know, it's up to you. It's your opinion. I mean, it's your child. If you yeah. you do what you want. Uh, we didn't have anything like that. And, uh, you know, like Evelyn had like a, a little bit of a flatter spot on the back of her head. But the doctor was like, the doctor assured us that it wasn't at all a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I never, we never did anything like that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of like, oh, you know, I, we went to a party and people were like, you need this app to keep track of baby diaper changes and keep track of every time they burp and write it all down. And then you can tell the pediatrician. I, was like, I don't know. I feel like I want to raise, I don't want to raise my kids like I raised, my sister raised her kids where she gave birth outside and, um, you know, raised them as naturally as possible. But I was like, I, 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 I want to skew a little bit more towards the holistic side of it, yeah. I guess. I, I don't know. It, I have a lot of time to think about this right now, or like four and a half more months to think about it. Mm. But it's weird because everyone, well, not everyone, but most people have kids and most people have different opinions on it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of moms and dads out there who have strong opinions on these things. So there certainly are. (laughs) Yeah. There certainly are. Yeah. And I hear a lot of like, don't tell me how to raise my kids kind of talk from different people we know. So, which is all right and well and good, but. It just seems like there's a lot of information to sift through, and with me and my wife being two different people, we're gonna have to. We're there's going to be some disagreements on our <laughs> along the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what's <laughs> that's 45 minutes about me. What's going on with you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not much. I went to laser. I went to play laser tag yesterday. That was fun. Yeah, was it fun? Awesome. I've never, I've never played laser tag before, and so yeah, this laser quest downtown, and it was. Uh, I can't remember how many square feet, but it was pretty, it was pretty huge. It was upstairs, and uh, I took twenty first out of like thirty people. It was not good. You were like on a big team of like fifteen people, and you're all shooting each other. Or like... uh, it was like there was like thirty of us, and it was all one again. It was uh, everybody against everybody. Oh, okay. It was in a very darkened room with a lot of uh, black lights, and there was like epic orchestrate orchestra type music playing. Yeah. So you feel like you were you know, in the uh, action sequence. And so that was fun. Um, I got shot a lot by a lot of people. <laughs> I tried to, uh, every time I turned a corner, I was getting shot by somebody. I, I was the last person in the room, and the uh, vest that I grabbed wasn't activated, so I had to go grab a different one. So I lost, like, a minute of our, like, oh man, 10 or 15 minutes. That, oh, that's all we had. It was, like, $9, and you had, like, I don't remember if it was 10 minutes or 15 minutes of running around in there. So I lost like a whole minute just because my equipment was was not working. Mm-hmm. So that sucked. And then I kind of got stuck in a back corner. I was trying to stand my ground and shoot anybody. And then like then all of a sudden time ran out. I was yeah. just going to like 
run around and look for some people and then they were <laughs> Was there laser tag in, the, in Marquette ever? Do you remember? I don't think so. Okay, so I, I, I remember doing it once in like 1990 or something when I was super young downstate. And there's a laser tag place here that's pretty prominently placed and everyone you can see when you drive past it. But I, is it coming back, do you think? This seemed like know. the big thing in like the 90s and then paintball took over. There was a shitload of people there. Yeah. It was um, it was fun. I really wanted to go again, <laughs> but uh, we didn't. I, it was you know, it was, it was well, it was like 8.50 plus tax or so. It was like nine something. Yeah. For like ten minutes of fun, which was a little expensive, but at the same time affordable. I was just disappointed it was over so quickly. Yeah, I can understand that. And you only did it once, and that was it. Yeah, that was it. Went all the way down there, paid the exuberant price to park, which thankfully I carpooled with my, which was actually my. The guy above me, my, my boss, I guess, and uh, <laughs> uh, and he paid for the parking. But last night was the uh, NHL All Star Skills Competition. Oh, that's right, that's down there, isn't it? Yeah. So the parking, I think it was like thirty bucks to park. Wow. Holy crap. Holy crap. wow. Yeah. I parked overnight in Chicago, and it was about that much. It was because we were parked on the corner of Third and Church, which is like right down there. Blood. Three, but you know, we maybe even parked there before. It's right up the street from Demos's where we ate. Yep. And we had, Speaking yeah. spaghetti, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the because the Laser Quest place is on Second Avenue, it's above the uh, Rodizio, the, the Brazilian steakhouse that's down there, which I really want to eat at. But uh, uh, now that you're not a vegetarian, it is well worth it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I really want to go. Yeah. But it was nice to get downtown. I haven't been downtown in forever, so it was, mm-hmm. it was. It was. I felt good to walk around and smell the smells and see the homeless people. <laughs> So did uh, did John Scott win the enforcer competition in the skills? <laughs> Can you tell the John Scott story? Because I know part of it. What's going okay. on with him this year? All right. So John Scott, for those who don't know, I, I will tell this story quick. He's a he's a hockey player whose only usefulness in this point, well, pretty much ever, has been fighting. So he plays like five minutes a night, gets into a bunch of fights, and then a lot of times he doesn't even play at all. He just gets scratched because fighting is going the way of the dodo in hockey. So anyway, when they changed the format of the All Star Game to three on three, there's a there's a podcast I listen to called Merrick versus Wyshynski, and they both immediately when they went to three on three, they said who would be the best, who would be the funniest player, not funniest, but who would be the best player to put in a three on three format? John yeah. Scott, yeah, because <laughs> he's he has no skills and he's no speed, and that's, you need those things in three on three. So they decided to kind of start a cam- campaign of John Scott for All Star, and it actually worked. Mm-hmm. It was just a, it was just a goof, but it turns out them and people on Reddit and some other podcasts all had the same idea without conferring with anybody else. Oh wow! So everyone banded together and voted John Scott as the captain of the Pacific Division All Star team. Let me a- let me ask you one thing, John Scott. As a enforcer, as a fighter, is he on the level? Let me name three guys I can think of: Ty Domi, Bob Probert, Jordan Tutu. Do those people all have more skills than John Scott does? Actual hockey skills? I would say Domi and uh, uh, Probert probably do. Okay. Uh, Tutu probably does too because he actually scores goals. But uh, John Scott, uh, I think he has like three career goals in like, oh. five hundred games or something. Wow. <laughs> Astronomical penalty minutes. Yeah, so I can believe that. We need someone to take a five for fighting. John, get out there. Pretty also, cool. John Scott, Michigan Tech Husky alumni. Holy cow! I didn't know that. Yeah, he went. He went to Tech. Uh huh. So okay. um, he's bounced around the league. He played with Chicago. He played with Buffalo. Played with the Sharks. And he was with the Coyotes. And so anyway, when he got voted to the All Star team, they um, the NHL basically behind closed doors asked him to turn it down to decline it. And he decided that even though he was, at first he was kind of offended by the fact that people were making a joke out of him by voting him for the All-Star, then he decided to embrace it. Be like, no, this is great. I'm going to go because this is fun. And so because he wouldn't turn down the invitation, he they traded him. <laughs> yes. Like an NHL mandate, they traded him to Montreal, who stuck him in the American Hockey League, which is like the, the minors. The minors, yeah. Which would have, because you have to be on an NHL roster to be in the All-Star game. So uh, they put the squash on it, and then everyone got pissed. Yeah. Like, hey, we voted for this guy. From what I understand, it was they didn't publicly say, "Oh, he he was traded to keep him out of the All Star game," but every it was a wink and a nod, and everyone knew that. I also heard that Phoenix also asked him not to play, and he said it, no. Exactly. Uh, there's a, he actually wrote 
his own piece on this. There's a website called the Players Tribune, uh-huh. and he wrote the whole story out. Oh wow! What happened to him. And so, so he's been open about it the whole time. Yeah, it's really interesting. I haven't actually read the article. I only read an article about the article. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I got the gist of what he said. So, um, but basically, so after that, a couple of days later, like over the weekend, it was over the MLK weekend because they on a Tuesday they were finally like, nope. And the fans voted him in. He's going to go. Well, that's good. Yeah. So they kind of they while they never said he wasn't going, they were impl- uh, the, it seemed as though they were implying they were trying to get him to not go. But then they really they put out a press release saying, no, he is going to go. I think it was. Yeah, there's a public outcry, and you get enough people shouting and yelling, and the NHL has to listen. Yeah. Now, there's there's two ways to look at it. One, they're making a mockery of the NHL All-Star game by putting, you know, people put this, you know, mm-hmm. not a goon, but, you know, a yeah. Yeah. less than skilled player in the in the game where it's supposed to be a celebration of the best of the best. Yeah. Um. Whereas I don't even view the All Star Game as being an All Star Game anymore because where's Sidney Crosby? He's never been to one. Oh really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So you like turn it down every time due to lower body injury or something? Oh like yeah. That? Uh, yeah. 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 Hey guys, my mumps are flaring up again. I just can't. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, it's not even an. It's, it's it's it should be rebranded as like the fans game because the fans you get to see who you want to see doing fun things, yeah. And it's not like the MLB's All Star Game feels like it means something. I know that I hate people hate the fact that it counts for, for home field on the, the um, World Series, World Series. Yeah. But it 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 actually even before that it always felt like it mattered. It almost it always felt like it mattered, and yet you're seeing in the last ten years a lot of players in MLB were like. Yeah, I'm not gonna not gonna play in it. Or they there's all these like little loopholes to not play in it, which mm-hmm. is things like um, if you are a starting pitcher and you pitch the like last day of the season before the All Star game, then mm-hmm. you are not required to appear in the All Star game. Right. And a lot of players really kind of cherish having that four days off in the middle of summer, in the middle of the season after you're you know baseball is a little bit a bit more of a grind than the other sports. I don't know, maybe not necessarily, but you're playing every day. Mm-hmm. And you're obligated to play every day. And I, you are seeing players understand that this whole World Series home field advantage thing is kind of bullshit. It doesn't matter that much. And mm-hmm. why should I win home field advantage for the other team who's our rival? That sort of thing. You're not winning it for yourself. Yeah. So you are seeing starting at leak through. And I wonder if in the NHL, last time I watched an All-Star game, it was like 20-17. to 17 Exactly. The final score. It's already. I mean, who cares? If we're gonna have a little fun and put John Scott in there, yeah. that's that makes it more interesting. Because did you watch last year's All Star Game? It was unwatched. Nobody gives a shit when they're in the game. They're just skating around and scoring goals, and which is also my argument against more goals in hockey, mm-hmm. like widening the nets or shrinking the goalie equipment or getting rid of the offsides or all these ideas that have to increase scoring in the NHL. Take a look at one of these high scoring All Star games and tell me you really want that for your sport. Yeah. It would be just like basketball. What only matters is the last couple minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's more scoring chances, mm-hmm. not goals. Actual goals should still be a rare thing because they're exciting. Yeah, I always want to see that puck going through the crease. You almost get more excited about that. And the, you can hear the reaction of the crowd when, you know, the amazing save is made or the puck sneaks through and it could have gone in if somebody would have hit a stick on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's almost more exciting than the goal. Yeah, so more, goals is, uh, more goals just makes the goal... Less cheapens it. Yeah, yeah it cheapens it. Because when it's hard to get a goal, that's it's fun when you actually score. What you need is more scoring chances. That's why when they opened up, we got rid of all the mucking and grabbing that they had back in the 90s when they changed the rules at the 2006 lockout. And they kind of opened up the ice a little bit, started calling all those holding, hooking calls that were they weren't calling before, and it created more scoring chances. And it increased scoring, but it also increased scoring chances and made the game more exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh but anyway, so John Scott, it's exciting that he's here, and people are cheering for him, and he's got a family, and he's got, his wife is expecting twins. So like the weekend, like this weekend, she's due, right? Something yeah. weird like that? Yeah, exactly. And it's just fun that, like, let this guy, I mean, granted, this guy isn't worth a, a lot, but he's a fun guy. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. He's funny. Like, he's a guy who wore a t-shirt of himself scoring a goal. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's like a big goofball who everyone, you know, is uh, it's fun to be around. So, I mean, I think it's great for everybody. And, and I think it's fun that he's here and that he's, that he's doing it. I'm going to watch the All-Star game today. I like in pro sports when you get a player who is 
marginal like this, and no offense to John Scott, but you get a player who is marginal in talent and they're put in a big opportunity position and they're just thrown into it. And I like seeing what happens to them and how they actually hold themselves in that kind of situation. It kind of makes me think, and I hate to say this about like position players pitching. You're not usually when, you know, Ichiro gets up there to pitch or whatever, it's not an important game. It's yeah. the end, but it's just funny to see, like, oh, I wonder what would happen if uh, Verlander would bat. And yeah. you watch that kind of thing, you're like, oh, that's what would happen. No wonder he pitches all the time. It makes, <laughs> you, it makes you cherish the good players doing the good things with their good skills, too. You know? Yeah, that's true, but it's also fun. It's, there's, there's nothing better when a pitcher gets a, it's a big hit and a two-run RBI or something, you know, two-RBI double or something, and you're like, yeah, the pitcher got a hit, baby, woo! You know, that's fun. Oh, that, like, Bartolo Colon RBI double that he hit near the end of the year? <laughs> yes! Where he's like shuffling, rolling, pulling like a bowling ball on the second base, and it's just yeah. like, oh my god, look at him run! That's great. Yeah. No one expected that. Yeah, no. that's 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 fun to me to see the unexpected. I guess John, you know, John Scott last night was in the skills competition. He was in the hardest shot, mm-hmm. and uh, it was reported from uh, uh, Greg Wachinski of Yahoo Sports that uh, he was uh, shaking and he was completely, he was so nervous. He was so nervous. <laughs> Yeah, this is going to be the memory of his lifetime to do exactly. all this. It's so, I mean, I know it, it was just a goof, and it wasn't mean-spirited. It was just, you know, mm-hmm. let's see if we can get John Scott in the All-Star game, and it worked, and it's fun. You so, know? so if you could change the All-Star game in hockey to what you wanted, what would you do? Because they're doing this, like, three-on-three weird division thing now. I'm actually excited to see how this is going to play out. Um, uh, it's, it's something different. I'm glad they're doing something different than what they've done before. Uh-huh. The winning team gets a million bucks, and which is I hope John Scott could win it because his contract is only like five hundred thousand for the year, so he can add another ninety thousand dollars to his bank account. You know Holy what I mean? Yeah. It matters to him. You know, this is a big deal for him. This is a deal for him. It's not necessarily for Sidney Crosby or anything, but yeah, for him. It's he, yeah, it's not chump change to some of these guys, especially like John Scott, who's now going to the minor leagues. I mean, he's really his career is on the way down. He could use the extra ninety thousand dollars. Exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah, the thing about players like that is they can take that bump. They'd be happy to. Yeah, that's that's kind of like he's pro. This is probably not you know hockey career notwithstanding. He's going to be sort of a the minor celebrity in the game of hockey for the rest of his life just because of this experience. Exactly. Now that people knew who he was before, and now they really know who. He no, was. they really. I I never heard of him before. There was no. this there was this argument saying all these people voting for John Scott, these internet. People voting for John Scott. They're not real hockey fans. They're just, you know, jerks who try to make chaos. Don't you think you'd have to be a pretty deep hockey fan to know who John Scott is and what his skill level is in order to vote him in? These are hardcore hockey fans voting in John Scott. You have to be, yeah, you have to be a hardcore hockey fan to be able to pinch your nose, know who this guy is, and actually legitimately vote for a Husky into the NHL All-Star game. That's the hard part right there. Right. Because why would, that, would, that should never happen. I mean, no, they should do it. You don't want to let any Huskies in there. Tech still sucks. Tech still sucks. All right. And on that note, uh, perhaps we'll do a show in February tomorrow. Just, yeah, we could. Just knock it out. So, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be around. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So from uh, Madison, Wisconsin, where it is raining and we're going out to a Belgian cafe for lunch later uh, and shopping for maternity clothes, I'm Caleb. Yeah, I'm from Nashville, where I am going to probably watch a movie, which we could have talked about. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. I've, watched, I've watched 36 movies. And... Why don't we just talk about that really quick? Well, we'll talk about it in the after show. Go. Okay. Uh, this is Brad saying thank you for listening.
It was just weird because like somebody I thought I'd never hear from again. Yeah, like when I when I found Jenny Jenkins, my old girlfriend from high school, on Facebook, and we reconnected, and I found out that she lives in where does she live? She lives in I think she lives in Ternary. Yeah, <laughs> and she's married to a guy who has a slash in his name. Oh, is one of the, a slash in his name? Yeah, yeah, his name is his name is Dave slash Paul. Oh, his first name is Di- like it's not Dave Paul. It's not like Joe. Not hyphenated. It's slash. Like he has two names. What does he go by? Dave Paul. Is it like yeah. Steve Dave? You know, like tell him Steve Dave. Is it like that? I don't know because what? she would like. Oh, I had a she did like a picture of like here's. Me and Steve slash Paul. It's like, what? Ooh, what? <laughs> Steve slash Paul. 